in the previous episode, we talked about the development of tulip trading. We mentioned the emergence of future contracts and how the price went up crazily afterwards. In this final episode, we will tell you the climax of this story, how the crash happened. We will also look into the lessons that we could learn from the story. It was an evening in February 1637. Tulip trading took place in an inn in Harlem as usual. The traders lit up a cigarette, ordered some wine, and started trading. A trader presented the first bob of the day. It was a valuable breed, weighing less than half a gram and not yet matured. The bidding went on and it was sold for 56 guilders, about two months worth of a carpenter's salary. Then, another trader presented his tulip, this time on a piece of paper contract. The contract read, the owner of the contract will be able to collect a bob weighing 5 grams later, still not yet mature. The men look at each other, but nobody is making a bid. The inn was in complete silence. Eventually, a bid is made, but much lower than expected. It was only sold for 10 guilders. The trader thought to himself, maybe this is just a one-time setback. I can still make my profit in my next trade. Then, another trader went on to present another contract, a mature bulb weighing over 30 grams. Again, complete silence, with many pairs of eyes staring at each other. The contract was eventually sold for less than 10 guilders, a lot lower than expected. It is at this point that this guy's panic. The tulip prices appear to be going down, not up. They have a lot of future contracts in their hand as well, which were a lot less compared to when they bought them. So, they decided to sell the tulips now, before the tulip prices drop further. Now that more traders are trying to sell their tulips, the more people don't want to buy them, because buyers believe that tulip prices will only go up. But what is happening right now is the complete opposite. This put them in doubt too. They fear that the price would go down further after they bought these contracts. Since nobody wanted to buy these contracts, sellers have no choice but to lower their asking price. Now, the price goes lower again, putting more buyers on doubt and fear. This cycle continues, eventually causing tulip prices to crash. Some estimates stated that tulip prices have dropped by as much as 95%. 95% in a single night. The worst part? This does not only happen to that particular inn in Harlem. It has spread to other cities. Some traders attempted to take a horse to the nearest city and sell their now worthless tulips before tulip prices in other cities crash as well. But it was too late. Within four days, tulip prices crashed across the Dutch Republic. Today, if you were to buy something that costs you a lot of money, in the scale of tens of thousands of Malaysian ringgit, like a house, a car, or perhaps a Rolex watch, most of us won't have that much of cash in hand to buy them. What we will do is to place a down payment or deposit and pay the balance via installments. In the Tulip Mania story, the Dutch tulip traders did the same too. 
they bought future contracts by placing a certain amount of deposit, then pay the rest later. They thought their contracts would be able to sell to the next person at a higher price, making a profit that they want and at the same time pays back to their seller. However, the price crash had not only caused them to lose a lot of money, many of them are not even able to pay the balance to their sellers because nobody wants to buy these contracts. It led to various disputes where buyers and sellers would seek for legal resolution in high courts in the Dutch Republic. The Dutch government did release a statement to advise people to stop dumping tulips in order to prevent further price drop, but it didn't help. In just a week, tulip prices plummeted to as low as 90%. The price of a common species of tulip was worth not even an onion. In despair, people sought help from the government in the hopes of reclaiming some losses. The mania finally ended in April 1637, with the Dutch government decided to terminate all tulip future contracts. It resulted in huge loss to not only buyers who have paid the full amount stated in a future contract, but also sellers who have not received the full payment and still holding the tulip bulbs, which are now worthless. The tulip mania indeed ended with an eventual bubble burst. Many people lost a lot of money, including famous painter Jan van Goyen. He lost a total of 897 guilders from tulip trade, about three years of the salary of a carpenter. Nevertheless, the tulip mania didn't cause any major implications to the Dutch Republic economy. Businesses opened as usual, people live on, the Dutch Golden Age lasted until the end of 17th century, as if nothing happened. Nothing happened, it seems. I hope that you learned something from this story. A very common lesson that most of us will probably learn from the tulip mania is that one should never be greedy. Indeed, the price hike of tulips few months before the crash was mainly driven by greed of seeing the profits being made by simply buying and selling paper contracts. However, I believe that the most important moral of the story is not to refrain from greed. We all desire for something in life, love, money, power, fame, etc. Greed is the most fundamental, instinctive reason that drives us to pursue for the things that we desire, of course, with proper ways. It is something that matters humane that we cannot rule out completely. I believe that the more proper way is to learn how greed works, how it affects our mindset, and what we can do to control it. Then, what are the lessons from this story? Tulip mania is a great depiction of human nature in a financial bubble. It started with a finite intrinsic value of a product, then slowly becomes more expensive as more people want to own it, until people eventually no longer wanted to own it, but to trade it to make profit. Such behavior can be observed through how fast the price goes up. Generally, price went up while more people wanted to buy and own it. However, when people only wanted profit from the action of buying and selling of a particular item, the price is more than likely to skyrocket. Price change, in another sense, tells us how badly people wanted the item. The more people desire to buy it, 
the faster the price goes up. To identify a financial bubble, we should not only look at how hype the item was. We need to be able to identify the stage of the price change. Are we at a stage where people wanted to own it? Or people simply wanted to trade it? Remember, the faster the price goes up, the more people wanted to trade it instead of owning it. Most of the financial bubbles in history went through similar stages. It took Bitcoin 4 years to go from 100 US dollars to 1000 US dollars. It then rose from 6500 US dollars to 18000 US dollars, representing nearly 200% increase in just one month before the crash. Therefore, being able to identify the stage of the price hike could save you from a potential disaster. It is very tough to not involving yourself into the stage where people only wanted to trade it due to the temptation of quick money. That, in my opinion, is a more important lesson to learn from not only the tulip mania, but every financial bubble in human history. This leads to one important economic concept to understand. A financial bubble is not created by some evil guys or so-called big boys. It happened because of one risky investment after another. In tulip mania, tulips were first traded for its luxurious value. Then, paper contracts were created to make trading easier. And of course, the easier it is to trade, the more people would come in to trade. By human nature, more and more people begin to see the profits being made by simply buying and selling, and thus, driven by greed, putting a lot more money into tulip trading, causing tulip prices to go up. Eventually, people will stop buying tulips. Then, it crashes. The same reason can be applied to dot-com bubble in 2001, subprime crisis in 2008, and Bitcoin bubble in 2017. People first started to buy and mine bitcoins for its security feature. Then, more and more people went in. As the price went up, new people no longer saw the application value of bitcoin. Instead, they saw the profits being made by buying, selling, and mining bitcoins. It then became an upward cycle as more and more people were buying them. As bitcoin price continued to skyrocket, people started to ask themselves, is Bitcoin worth that much? It is at this point that people gradually stop buying, causing the price to drop and subsequently crash. The true nature of a financial bubble is a series of seemingly good, albeit risky decisions that benefited the individual but resulted in the collapse of the trade in the long run. Financial bubbles are not a type of scam or Ponzi scheme. As we have went through in this series, a bubble is simply one risky investment after another. We will have a more detailed look into financial bubbles in our next series, Why Bitcoin is Not a Scam. Thank you so much for reading and listening. Stay tuned for the next series. Goodbye.